nowadays there's payment applications that tie in with some of these payment providers on websites. And that's a good way to easily accept crypto. And if you think about it right now, you know, some people are like, mm, you know, I don't want to be reliant upon a volatile asset. Well, in reality, I mean, how many people are really going to pay with crypto right now? It's going to be less than 5%. Welcome to the Ad Valued Entrepreneurs Podcast, where we're on a mission to end entrepreneurial unhappiness. If you're an entrepreneur with a burning desire to change the world, this podcast is for you. We're here to help you transform your life and business so that you can achieve the freedom and fulfillment you crave. This show is dedicated to entrepreneurs who want more out of their life, more meaning, more purpose, and ultimately, more happiness. You deserve it all, and it's possible. I'm your host, Robert Peterson, pastor turned life coach for business owners. I believe that success without happiness is not true success at all, but there's always hope for those who are willing to take action. Join us every week as we bring you inspiring leaders and messages that will help you on your journey towards success. Thank you for investing your time with us today. Let's get started. Wealth-minded people hired today's guest to help them get started in cryptocurrency the right way, safely, confidently, and then profitably. Charlie Stivers also publishes Goose Magazine, which distributes high-value content about innovative leaders and emerging companies in blockchain technologies and digital assets. He urges people to learn about cryptocurrency today to be prepared for the digital economy so they do not get left behind. Charlie Stivers and Robert talk about crypto, the blockchain technology, and how important it is for entrepreneurs to start learning now. This technology solution is not going away, so learn how to use it, invest in it, and understand the ins and outs. Charlie takes away the confusion and teaches the tools to help investors add crypto to their portfolio the right way. Well, Charlie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Looking forward to learning about how I should get involved in crypto. Yeah, it's great timing. And I think it's going to be a, a good move for all of us for our futures. <laughs> all right. So obviously there's lots of crypto in the news. So let's start with What's happening in the world that makes people afraid of crypto right now? So first, I know people losing their codes and losing all their money scared a lot of people about Bitcoin and a lot of misunderstanding around that. And then now all these businesses getting shut down or bankrupt or closing and basically seems like a lot of people are going getting their money stolen by crypto, it seems. So tell me, tell me what's happening in the world and, and why somebody shouldn't be afraid or should be wanting to learn more about crypto. Yeah, so crypto is scary. And what I really help with is helping people get started the right way, which is safely, confidently, then profitably. And the issue, number one, that you brought up is just people losing their coins, tokens. And that's why I touch on safety first. So, and setting it up the right way to begin with is, is very important. So, and this will tie into part two of what you're asking is, you know, these companies have gone out of business or straight up stolen money from users or investors are centralized exchanges. And those are the ones that are not regulated. And 
they're great for primarily one purpose, and that is to onboard and offboard our dollars. And what we can do is open up those accounts. And then as soon as you make a purchase, you have to then transfer those coins and tokens to a, a self-custody wallet where you can either put it on a cold device, a cold wallet. So it's like a USB drive that you uh, plug in, or um, you can also get a wallet that goes on a browser and you need to make sure you put that on a machine that you're not just doing random web surfing with because you know you just never know when we click on a, a bad link or a scam link and now they can do you know and it doesn't just affect crypto right it can affect anything that we do with banking on our device so you know that's you know common cybersecurity practices that we need to um, adhere to and then so that's really no different than than PayPal or, or Venmo, right? You, you don't want to leave your money in PayPal or Venmo because it's not a bank. It's not protected there. And and so you want to do your transactions and then get that money into your business account as after, you know, afterwards. Right. Yeah. And that's a good point, because I mean, legally, you don't own those assets. You just have the right to them. And that's the same thing with these centralized exchanges and even like a Schwab or an E-Trade.com, you, you own those rights to those, but you don't have custody of them, so to speak. So, but those exchanges are regulated, whereas crypto is not. Uh, so that's why we say, hey, you do want custody of those and you want to put them in your own wallet. Going back to the stock scenario, if you really wanted custody of your stocks, you would get them in a paper format. Right. Like in the old days, some people did. Um, some people still get their bonds in, in actual paper as well. So, um, you know, in this digital age, you know, we there are ways to get custody. And those are what we need to practice with crypto. Nice. So you mentioned a couple different things. <clears throat> You mentioned a cold wallet or or your personal wallet or a browser wallet so i guess we need to know what what's a wallet and why do i have to have one so you mentioned the keys earlier and it's a encrypted wallet that you control you have no access to customer service so this is a big lesson in personal responsibility which leads to self-reliance which is what we all really want we don't really want that government having to give us hand handouts or you know subsidize our income we want to be self-reliant and have that freedom of choice either financial um and you know just all the other freedoms that we kind of take for granted so it's important to um, set up these wallets in a way that you treat it like gold or cash because there is no customer service so you'll get the um like a, a setup where you have to enter this or they give you a 12-word passphrase you write it down safely some people even laminate them i mean if you can imagine some people putting thousands sometimes millions of dollars in these wallets they're gonna they are gonna treat that like gold and they'll keep one copy that's safe maybe at home and then put another copy in the safety deposit box you know notify 
um, your attorney, your state planning attorney that, hey, this is in my will. This is part of my estate now. You know, these are the instructions for my heirs. So we do need to, to you know, take those steps in personal finance, just like you would with cash or gold. Um, and, you know, beyond that step with um, securing the wallets, you know, I also mentioned the safety, um, you know, so some of these phones are even kind of sketchy. You hear about these SIM hacking. So like for some of my serious clients, they literally go um, down to Best Buy and get like a, um, a Chromebook where it's their sole crypto computer. You know, it's a $300 investment and it's not on the internet all the time. They're not surfing. Um, and like for myself, I have that set up, but I also have a separate phone because um, I take it pretty seriously. And that's my crypto phone. So, you know, I work with clients to, you know, whatever fits into their lifestyle best with how to set this up properly. We talked about obviously crypto and the Bitcoin and, and code that the 12 word, you know, 12 phrase code. So share with me a little bit about the blockchain and, and why that makes crypto possible, why that makes, um, this whole uh, really that's what makes this whole thing function right yeah absolutely and what's interesting about the blockchain you know i keep it simple for people and the way i tell people to so think of it like an evolution of the internet where yes the blockchain operates over the internet but what's cool about this it's more secure it's has higher security measures so it's um it's a, a cryptograph type of, of chain or rails on the internet. And basically what the blockchain is, is a uh, public uh, digital ledger. So it's a ledger of debits and credits, but all of us are the witness to that. So everything is recorded on there, time and date stamped. So there is, we can trace it. So these people who think like, oh, I can get into Bitcoin and, and hide some money, you know, that's just not true because eventually, you know, when you cash in or cash out, there's a trail there. So that leads to the blockchain and eventually it'll catch up if you try to not pay taxes or create or commit crimes, all those types of things. So it's basically and the other thing i want to make a point of is yes you're anonymous but it's not 100 percent private so yeah anonymous meaning that at the moment you can't there's no name attached to it but obviously the blockchain has a way to track your identity in the same way that it tracks every transaction and so when you take it out or put it in at some point that's that's trackable by not just irs but by others as well yeah absolutely and um so i mean the privacy is there it's just not 100 percent. it's not like you know i'm doing transaction as charlie stivers that everyone can see it actually is your wallet address and for the people who eventually want to know they can find out and like now there's even what they'll do you know how like we were we've talked about this in the past where these dot coms so now there's like a dot eth 
which is short for Ethereum. And there's these other little like um, vanity type of usernames that we can get and attach those to our wallet addresses. So there's some people that, you know, like to do that. And some wallets are totally public. And there's some that people keep 100% private. So now, how does this compare to the to the fiat, to the dollar, to, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of misinformation about what crypto represents. And for a lot of people, it was, you know, doing these transactions and hiding them, setting up accounts in the Bahamas and all these kinds of things to to avoid, you know, make all this money and avoid, you know, avoid the U.S. government. Um, but I, I think the bigger purpose is is something different than that. Can you share your point of view of, you know, what crypto really brings to the marketplace in comparison to to the, you know, cash exchanges and and our current economic model? Yeah, really good question. Yeah, because you also have to go down that rabbit hole of why crypto, and. And that really stems back to like what you're talking about is our current monetary systems and policies that we're having to deal with as people. And the problem there is, you know, we're experiencing horrible inflation right now because, you know, they pumped tons of liquidity in the market during COVID. And on top of that, they're devaluing the dollar and all these other fiat currencies around the world. So we're not able to we're losing that buying power in effect. And then the other part of that is, you know, if you look at, you know, banks and other money instruments, the rates of return that we're getting on those interest rates are going up. Um, and for savers, that's good. But do we really want to be saving in a devaluing asset? So if we're getting four or 5% rate of return, but the money is being devalued by six, seven, maybe 8% per year, it's still a losing gain. So, you know, how do we combat that? How do us as investors, as consumers compete with that? So that's where Bitcoin has become this huge uh, hedge, so to speak, where now, hey, this is a scarce asset. There's only gonna ever be 21 million Bitcoin out there. These other cryptos have a similar um, uh, structure where it's they're also limited and you know anything that has a scarce scarcity to it drives that value up and then as more and more people more users jump on these networks and invest add liquidity pay for stuff those um, currencies become more and more valuable so that's kind of where we need to start thinking differently and I even use the example of the stock market. So individual stocks, yes, we can outpace inflation if you know what you're doing. But, you know, I was a financial planner for years, 17 years, and mutual funds rate of return are anywhere from 6 to 12% on average. So, you know, again, if our cost of living is 6 7 8%, and we're taking a lot of risk with a diversified mutual fund or index fund, you know, what really is our return on investment on that? So, you know, that's why everyone is so intrigued about crypto and, and Bitcoin 
is because they see the rate of return on this as potentially a lot higher. It's a, uh, a liquid asset and you can pay for stuff. You can order things on eBay and Amazon and it's still going to show up on your doorstep. Uh, so, you know, that's where this is all heading. And it's, you know, so we're kind of getting like the best of all the worlds where it's appreciating asset, we can still use it. Um, and it's where it's kind of all going to be going anyway, because we're all using digital transactions, you know, as a part of our lives right now anyway. All right. So now I'm going to go for the old save the planet viewpoint. And part of, I guess I have two questions in that. So Bitcoin has a, has a limit, right? There's a, a certain number, but yet there's miners that are, that are building these giant computer labs and, and, and burning energy to, to create, to mine coins. So first, I guess the first question is if there's a limit, then how are these miners mining more coins? And then the, the second part of that is, are we just shifting energy dollars into coin dollars and, and, and what, you know, what I, I feel like a lot of transactions like the idea of putting solar on your house simply shifts the money from the energy company to the solar panel company. Right. And, and we're just shifting you know, dollars from one place to another. And, and it, from the outside looking in, it, it feels like this coin is basically we're burning up energy and electricity to create, mine these coins you know, digitally. And so are we just exchanging, you know, the coin for, for this energy consumption. And, and so I guess speak into those two things. Yeah. And that's a really good point, but how cool of it is, is it to think that now we have a currency that's in effect backed by energy. And so it's a good investment of, of energy, of productivity in backing up currency with, you know, power. So, you know, that's one argument. And then the other part of that is, um, you know, the, the uh, Bitcoin miners are like the perfect customer, if you think about it that way. So I went to a presentation um, where it was a, um, a electrical engineer that worked for one of the, the main power companies here in Colorado. And he showed how like through the, the breadbasket of the United States, starting in Texas and going all the way north, there's actually a surplus of energy. And that's why Texas is becoming very popular because they have huge amounts of wind farms, of solar farms that you know is renewable. And that is feeding into their grid down there where they do have this surplus of energy. And that's what they're tapping into. And then what I also mean by Bitcoin miners are the perfect customer is because they uh, like if you remember a few years ago when Texas had that really bad cold spell or the freeze and it was you know an anomaly so it wasn't expected it you know highly weighed on their grid so Bitcoin miners were able to turn off and give that power back to the grid where it really had to be spent um, so that's where they can pay attention and work with power companies and and taper off or shut down. The other thing too is now they're setting up these modular type of um, 
in the in the big shipping containers where they can move those around and tap into areas like you know that are more rural but they're pumping out a ton of energy that has a surplus to it and they can tap into that and use that energy more wisely and as americans we need to think outside of our bubble right so you know think about it in countries that are developing and they do have renewable sources of energy there too tons of sun and um they're basically pumping up their economy there and providing jobs um more capital into their system uh, and you're giving people a way to do business in third world countries that they normally wouldn't be able to because some of these countries in Africa have like I think it's like 20 different currencies and a lot of them aren't exchangeable so but if you have Bitcoin or you know some kind of digital currency that is exchangeable now they're able to do business with each other without the headaches and as we know if you remember back from the you know kind of the emergence of mobile technology those uh countries got up to speed very quickly because they didn't have a landline phone but now they had towers everywhere and power uh, and were able to communicate and do business together so you know again it's just more of this evolution of technology evolution of the internet in these other countries and we say that uh, bitcoin can get to places around the world that their fiat money cannot we will be right back after this short break are you an entrepreneur who started their business with purpose and passion only to lose sight of it amidst the daily grind we understand how frustrating that can be that's why we're offering free strategy calls to help you gain clarity on the barriers holding you back from achieving your dreams. In just 30 minutes, our experienced coaches will work with you to identify obstacles and develop strategies for overcoming them. There's no commitment or pressure, just a chance to get some assistance and clarity you need. Scheduling is easy. Simply visit smilingcall.com and select a time that works for you. Let's jump on a call and build your business together. It's time for you to add value and achieve your full potential as an entrepreneur. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. Very intriguing. So you mentioned starting safe. You mentioned starting smart. So how how should an entrepreneur, I mean, how should an entrepreneur get started? You and I both know like the importance of being able to accept crypto as a business owner, um, the opportunity that 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 can create. And so what should a small business owner consider? So, yeah, good point. And nowadays there's payment applications that tie in with some of these payment providers on websites. And that's a good way to easily accept crypto. And if you think about it right now, you know, some people are like, "Mm, you know, I don't want to, be reliant upon a volatile asset. Well, in reality, I mean, how many people are really going to pay with crypto right now? It's going to be less than 5%. So, you know, what I've done when I tell a lot of other business owners is like, just forget about it. Just put it in a wallet and you'll be happy in about two to five years. Um, And then secondly is um, you can even put uh, wallets on your phone or little apps on your phone. Uh, like I keep 
know, 200, 250 bucks in Bitcoin. And when I'm out and about, you know, I'll ask my server like, Hey, do you want me to tip you in Bitcoin? And somebody would be like, what? And someone would be like, okay. So literally it's, you know, go to their app store, you know, Google play or whatever, and download this, um, this Bitcoin wallet. And you know, I'm going to send you, you know, $10 tip and it generates a QR code and you know, she scans it and then boom, by the time she goes back to her balance, it's already there. So the settlement is immediate. And then what do you think the, the, um, the transaction fee is on a $10 transaction? It's pennies. Whereas, you know, typically it's a minimum of 75 cents, or if you're a lower volume, maybe it's a dollar 25 on top of that, then you have that percentage of, you know, 2.75%. So, you know, if you're, if you're paying five, 10 cents on a $10 transaction, that's minuscule. So that's where some of these uh, merchants are seeing this as a possibility. Like, Hey, this kind of makes sense. This is a really good solution. And now I'm diversifying my assets, so to speak, and, you know, creating, you know, more of more wealth for, for yourself or your, for business uh, and things like that. So very intriguing. So now you keep a, a small wallet that's outside of your crypto phone wallet on your, on your business phone, just to uh, obviously for you, it's a promotional piece as well as a little educational piece to expand people, invite people into the crypto world in a, in a meaningful way. Yeah, absolutely. And if you think about it, like how did Facebook start? How did Google start? It was by invite by email. So peer to peer users just sharing the story in an organic conversation. And I'm like, Oh, Maybe I should check this out. Or you're the fifth person that's talked to me about this. I think it's about time that I take that step. So that's how all this works with technology. And and then once you kind of figure it out, like any new app on your phone, you're like, this is pretty cool. You know, and so just think of like where this is gonna be in, in again, two years, five years from now, where we're all doing it and it's a normal part of our lives. Well, and I I envision, you know, organizations using blockchain and crypto for membership and then um, joint venture fees obviously could be, you know, transferred and paid in a way that is more efficient and obviously, you know, has less transaction fees. I see companies obviously paying tens of thousands, 20, you know, of dollars for annual you know, credit card fees and banking fees. So let's take the blockchain to that step further because we talked about crypto. Obviously, you're, you're, that's kind of your area, but talk to me about NFTs and what, what NFTs can symbolize and what, how, how do they work in this, in this system? Yeah. So NFTs started out as, fancy JPEGs. And it was cool because, you know, finally creators and artists were getting paid for their talent, which is, which is great. We all celebrated that. And some of them were like super impressive. And then this whole 
thing started with your profile pic and they call them PFPs. And, you know, everyone is like, ooh, those are kind of cool. And then they're collectible. You know, Americans like to collect crap, you know, so <laughs> it was fun. And, you know, and then we kind of all like, you know, if you have this area of interest, um, like I like bulldogs. So I picked up a couple, you know, one bulldog that looked like my dog. Um, and then the Dogecoin uh, craze came about again. And there was a, a Dogecoin or Doge um, NFT. And that was one I took advantage of. And it was crazy. So some of these, you have to look at trends. And that's what I really tell people is like, hey, you know, NFTs, so let me start that. NFT stand for non-fungible token, meaning you're exchanging two unlike things. So, you know, uh, picture fancy pictures for for dollars or, or crypto. Um, <clears throat> so the um, this took off and it ended up being a trend where it really died down quite a bit. Um, and then part of that craze was like some of these projects uh, attracted like Snoop Dogg or Eminem and these um, celebrities got involved and that pumped it up quite a bit as you can imagine but what really maintained its value it also it did go down a little bit but where they're seeing that staying power is like true art and where this is all headed is again this is on the blockchain so they um, are using it now as a digital branding asset as a tool for commercial companies so you know since it's visual and now brands see this and com big companies see this as a way to further their brand but now they can use this as a tool to grow their community to grow their customer base and get them involved get them excited about something um, get them engaging and so um, my son went to the weekend concert last summer and after the concert he got an nft dropped to his um to his email and then I help him set up a wallet to accept it. And so the benefits that came with that are you, you are part of the weekend community. You can get, uh, you know, early access to a new release. You can enter this contest for a backstage pass and take a private jet to, you know, see the concert. So you can see where this can kind of go. And, um, one of my moniker or a moniker out there is crypto rewards curiosity why well, say nfts re reward creativity and so as business owners we can you know use these as a way to grow our community the other thing um that's uh oh, i just forgot my thought there um oh for small businesses so if you take it down to like a pizza shop and like, hey, we're going to um, create a membership. And if you buy this NFT for 50 bucks, let's say, you know, for uh, every time you visit, you can get 25% off your order. You know, there may be little strict restrictions in there like there is normally, but it's a way to get repeat customers and um, and create loyal customers. So, you know, if kind of as business owners, you need to think outside the box on that. And um, the other value that comes into play, which really gives NFTs a lot of value, is there's a secondary market because it's on the blockchain. They it's an asset. 
and it's a way again to track that asset so in the secondary market let's say you move out of the area and um someone moves in hey i want to sell my nft it may be worth less it may be worth a lot more in a lot of cases if it's scarce it can be worth a lot more so this secondary market really popped up where the artist can create a uh, a royalty let's say it's five percent so every time that nft is sold on the secondary market the artist gets a little kickback again and again and again and um and then now the new holder has another asset so you know don't just think about it from the small business point of view but also that bigger picture with how this whole um, structure of nfts work is that, is that secondary market and that's really powerful and if you act and if you take it back to the ticket or like the um the performers so they're basically trying to make ticketing more fair for concert goers and avoid the brokers so to speak where now if it's on a secondary marketplace hey you know we're seeing that this ticket we paid 250 dollars for on the secondary market it's 400 dollars. oh there's a lot of demand oh it's going up to 500 dollars. so you can see where this can drive in a transparent way more um more um more of customer base more concert goers and avoid these extreme markups that the brokers are doing um, under some kind of control. But the reason why artists like it is because, like I said, that secondary market, artists were cut out from the brokers, right? But now they're not if they have royalties built into it. So well, and, it gives them some control back. And the owner and the owner benefits from the higher price rather than the broker benefiting from the higher price. So, you know, I pay a hundred dollars for a ticket and they're worth, they're selling for 200. When, when you sell them through a broker, you, you, you get pennies on that. The artist doesn't get anything, but in this model, you can get the full 200. The artist gets their 5% and, and we basically cut the brokers out of, out of there. Yep. Similar to, similar to lowering the transaction fees when exchanging you know, Bitcoin from one person to, to another. So, so basically the technology is, is removing the middleman who's, who's been making a lot of money in the middle for a while now, right? All of us are familiar yeah. with exorbitant ticket fees, right? Like a $50 concert ticket or a movie ticket costs you $75. Like, wait a minute, that's a 50% markup. <laughs> like, why even, you know, why even put the price at that, right? You know, for those of us that go online and say, oh, 50 bucks, I can go to that concert for 50 bucks. And then by the time you're done, it's a $75 ticket. You're like, wait a minute, what just happened here? <laughs> so, yeah. And, and if the and, value's there, and on, the person on chain, that owned it get deserves paid it. Like that. Yeah. Exactly. Very interesting. And, and the other thing, too, is the security behind it. So if, you get if you buy your ticket your nft ticket it's now can be on your phone and you can trace it to the blockchain and so it's fraud proof or you can or it's linked to a qr code like a lot of tickets are these days but you can verify and that's part of the value of a blockchain is it's um, proof of ownership so yes this is who has it um 
but let's say you have um, you know four people that you're going to the concert with, you can transfer each ticket to a, an individual holder. So that's that's kind of cool too. So now are, are NFTs kept in your wallet in the same way as crypto? Yeah. So if you think about it, you know, all of crypto or NFTs are just code. And the reason you can see them is the software that they built enables you to view what they look like. So the marketplaces out there, um, you know, have this viewer capability. It's a different protocol where you can see them like a normal marketplace or a gallery. And if you transfer it to your wallet, it may not show up as that fancy picture, but you'll have the code, so to speak, that they can scan. Um, and then some wallets do have that capability on your phone too. So essentially my wallet is a safety deposit box. When you're talking about, you've got your main safety deposit box on your little Chromebook and your crypto phone, and then you've got a little mini safety deposit box on your personal phone that you keep a little bit in. And so really thinking about it in a way that, that, you know, this is my bank, <laughs> my, my wallet at home on my Chromebook is, is my main bank. And, and I've got a little bit of uh, my little ATM machine <laughs> on my personal phone to, to use my crypto. You know, this is my little $200 crypto that I use um, just like my wallet, I guess, in my pocket. Right. Is that a, is that a, a fair assessment? Pretty simplified version. <laughs> Exactly. And and it is like a safety deposit box, just like the analogy I gave earlier. You still have to treat it like gold or like cash. So, um, you know, the biggest threat, you know, mobile is are the SIM hacks. It's very rare. It does happen. So there are other safety measures that you can put in place, like the two factor authorization, um, you know, or the, you know, which can be either that two FA number generator or it's you know an email that you need to verify so there are ways to keep that more secure all right charlie so for these those entrepreneurs listening that want to learn they want to get started tell us tell us how you're teaching people tell us what what your process is and and how you want to encourage because basically you've set yourself up to help people from zero to success in in this crypto world and uh i, I want to be able to help you know, help some people get started, tell them where to go and, and, and what you're doing to help start educating those of us that are starting at zero or less. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. And, you know, I started out with cryptocurrency for the people.com that's still going, but to scale, what I've been doing is I launched goose magazine. So, you know, the whole point is to onboard new users and we actually say that it's from beginners to ballers. So we have high value content in the magazine and we also have best practices. And the, um, the, so the way I'm scaling that is through the magazine, we're building our community through goosemag.com. And, you know, we have a, a really good entry level place where you get tons of benefits. You know, there is some coursework, we're gonna do group work. Um, you know, we give some like inner circle type of information and, you know, we work together. And then the other value is building this community because it's 
you know, crypto is so vast right now. We, you know, one person can't know everything and there's a ton of information. There's a lot of scary, you know, stuff going on. So as community, you know, especially as we get more and more experience, you know, I, I also teach criteria on, you know, how to do our fundamental analysis in locating some of these up and coming ones or, you know, the technology that they're building. And, you know, one of my favorite ones that's very undiscovered right now is this company that's working with the Department of Defense to do secure data transmission on the blockchain. So if the Department of Defense is looking at blockchain as the evolution of the internet, which they were also the first one to jump into for communication and transmission purposes. So history is repeating itself, but now it's on this next evolution of the internet, which is the blockchain. And they see it as a more secure way to transmit data, but also store data. Uh, so that's what's pretty cool about that. So I use that as an example. But there's you know stuff like that that we're coming across in the magazine. And the other benefit of the magazine is we're coming across other amazing use cases of where this is all headed. So yes, it is kind of like the inner circle where you get to hear about these projects first. So that gives us a little bit of an edge as well. Um, so it's been a fun journey and it's just the beginning. So, and so leading into that, I tell people to think about this um, as another asset class. So if you, you know, take stocks and real estate, so each stock, the whole global stock market is probably worth about 250 trillion. Global real estate's another 250 trillion. The foreign exchange markets, forex currency, does six trillion a day in volume. So crypto market right now is only worth 1.2 trillion. So there's gonna be this migration of capital over into digital assets that we can all benefit from. So that's more of my call to action. It's like, this is why you want to start paying attention. This is why you want to start learning, getting involved. And, you know, for people starting out, it's, you can start with 50, a hundred bucks a week, a month, whatever fits into your budget, but start learning, start like putting a little bit away. Um, you know, the, the one uh, payment uh, wallet app that you didn't mention is Cash App. Cash App is, was started by the guy who started Twitter, uh, Jack Dorsey, and he's a bit, they rebranded to Block. So instead of, you know, it was Square, now it's Block is like the overarching company. But they have now a way that you can, you can put 50 bucks a month into your Cash App or however often you want. And then from there, you can transfer that to a more secure wallet that you have custody over. So they're making it super simple. So just little little strategies like that. Um, I'm good at uh, helping people get started. And again, in whatever fits their lifestyle, their budget, their risk tolerance and things like that. So, um, yeah, you can find out more on GooseMag.com. And um, we'd love that you can subscribe for free to the digital edition. And then we have, it's actually is a print publication as well. So we're bringing print magazines back and it's pretty cool to, you know, see the high quality and, and actually unplug for a minute and um, read some high value information. Uh, so we're, we're having fun with that, you know, with the branding of Goose, you know, it, it goes back to, uh, we're looking for the next golden goose in crypto, but the, the best practices part of that is what do they talk about in the fable? 
you know, the farmer killed the goose. So we want to help you keep that golden goose alive. <laughs> nice. All right, Charlie, we end every episode with a guest sharing their words of wisdom. What would you share to those listening? You know, it's kind of, you know, I don't want to create FOMO so much, but it's like, get started. We don't want you to get left behind. This is going to be part of our future. Uh, it's, it's a way for us as consumers, as users, to take some control back that we feel like our freedoms are diminishing more and more every day. Um, our, our currency is getting devalued. So this is a way that, you know, we can get ahead once again. So get started, start learning. It's going to be worth it. Charlie, thanks so much for joining me and having this wonderful conversation. I appreciate you, appreciate your wisdom. And uh, I definitely encourage people to jump on, get Goose Mag and uh, start learning and taking steps to protect your assets in the digital space. Thank you for tuning in to this episode brought to you by the power of intentional decisions that lead to massive action. Those aren't just buzzwords. They're qualities that can help you take control of your life and build a successful business. To support you on this journey, we're offering you our most popular survey to help you establish a baseline. Visit enjoybizlife.com to check it out and take the first steps towards changing your life and business. We often make things more complicated than they need to be, losing sight of what's truly important. This tool will help you refocus on what matters most that you can start doing the things you've always wanted to do, like spending quality time with loved ones. And if you enjoyed this episode, please show us some love by liking, subscribing, or leaving a review. But most importantly, share it with someone who needs to hear it. In our next episode, Dominic Damaski talks about the power of storytelling and how helping authors tell their stories in books is his passion. He only publishes in the self-help motivational space because he wants to help his authors spread inspiration and positivity into the world.